Welcome to EQ Above IQ, Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Healing the Inner Child. My name is Trina Casey and I'm your host. Today I'm going to talk about something that has been on my mind. I had a discussion with someone um, regarding this this week and I realized something as we were in deep discussion. A lot of people don't know the difference between shame and guilt. And so I want to take this episode and break it down. So let's jump in. Guilt versus shame. I'm going to start with a description of what guilt is. And there's two types of guilt. And the first type of guilt we're going to talk about is a something called a pro-social guilt. And believe it or not, that actually is um, a positive psychological tool to help you teach yourself and even, you know, your children to teach themselves the difference between uh, doing what's socially correct. For example, your child breaks another child's toy and they feel bad about it. They have to either replace it or apologize for breaking it. This is actually something that's positive because it teaches them how to behave in a way that's respectful to other people and their things. Another example on an adult level is somebody drinking and driving. Um, They know they're not supposed to do it and there are laws in place because the car is no longer just vehicle, it becomes a weapon and can easily kill or maim another person if struck by it. And so if you or someone was driving drunk and you accidentally hit somebody because you didn't do it on purpose, it was a mistake, but that lapse in judgment and behavior caused harm. And so you're gonna feel some psychological pain around that. And that is actually pro-social, that's normal. And it's actually healthy so that you, it teaches you not to repeat the same mistakes. Now, some people continue to make that mistake, but that goes into something else. And that's probably going to go into uh, some type of shame because addiction is usually an escape from feeling badly about yourself. And I'll excuse the background noise. It is very hot here in Amsterdam. So I have to do this recording with the windows open because there is no air conditioning in most of the apartments and buildings in Amsterdam. Strange, right? Anyway, so if you hear any background noise, that is what you're hearing. It's a hot day and people are out at the canals and... and. Um, I, I, need the, I need the windows open. It's hot here. <laughs> so anyways, back to uh, guilt. If you are feeling that type of guilt, you're actually pretty psychologically healthy. And um, the steps that you take to correct the behavior that you, um, or the, the, the harm um, mentally or physically that you've done to somebody, then you're on a path, you're on a healthy path. Now, there's another type of blame, though, that's called maladaptive or um, neurotic. And it almost slides a little bit into shame if you let it go. But it it is around behavior if you did something to harm somebody. But it's based on something a little bit different. So 
Um, expectations have a big role to play in all relationships. So for example, there's like this unwritten rule that you should remember people's names that you meet, right? It's almost a politeness thing, but it's actually kind of a strange expectation because if you met this person one time, would it be, would you expect to remember their name? Even if you remembered them, uh, you met them 10 times, there could be just something that you can't remember names and it's not necessarily a, a character flaw, but some people really internalize that as that's bad. So it's sort of a maladaptive expectation for you to really beat yourself up, but you can apologize. You can say, oh, and I do it all the time. I say, oh gosh, I'm, I'm sorry that I have forgotten your name again. I, I, you know, I saw you, you know, a year ago. And I don't think a lot of people expect you to remember their names. And usually it's funny because most of the time the people don't remember your name either, but that's sort of kind of a loose example of a maladaptive guilt. You have to learn to forgive yourself with any type of guilt. You're going to go through stages of feelings of remorse. I feel bad about this. And then I'm going to take steps to repair this and fix it. And then I'm gonna forgive myself for making that mistake because everybody makes mistakes. And that's also what you should be teaching your kids as well, that if they can look you in the eye and say, I'm sorry and mean it, then they have a healthy psychological understanding of uh, right and wrong, you know, or of what you need to do when you make mistakes. And I know a lot of adults that even struggle with this. And one of the things that's really important to teach yourself and the inner child of yourself is to not internalize your behaviors as something fundamentally wrong with you. So that goes into shame. Now, when you go into shame, you are going to beat yourself up and you're gonna think that there's something wrong with you, that your mistakes are because you are dumb or because you are not a good person or, you know, you take, there's a lot of shame in the world right now. And our actually our society really perpetuates that because we all can't live by the expectations of what society has created and what these people in who are in charge of society, you know, create. Now there are some like pro, like pro social things like you should not rape, kill, and you know, the standards, <laughs> but you know, there's other things that are just innately human. And if you are constantly beating yourself up, you're gonna go into antisocial behavior. And a lot of people who are constantly in a state of shame, that is one of the things that happens. For example, if your child does something wrong but they have a hard time looking you in the eye after and apologizing and they're you know they're trying to 
hide and escape and, you know, from the guilt, you know, or they don't really have a desire to fix it, then you need to dig deeper and maybe examine how you are disciplining around mistakes. You know, I grew up also with like, you know, if I dropped something, I freaked out and I, I know um, my mom freaked out or my dad freaked out and, and um, you know, mistakes were really not looked upon as learning opportunities because really that's what they are. But, you know, when you are socially in a position where your mistakes can really uh, have you judged, which is normally the case for African-Americans, women in the workplace, it's like when you have a system set up for discriminatory practices, your mistakes are highlighted because of social um, expectations that are ridiculous or too high or you are not considered on the same level socially or, or anything like that. You, you know, that's going to cause um, people to slip into some type of shame and believe that they're not good enough or enough at all. So one of the things that I wanna talk about in that is that because emotional intelligence, there's a um, social skills aspect, but it really has to go in, we have to go into empathy because like I said previously, you have to forgive yourself for your mistakes or you go into shame. You start to believe that there is something wrong with you and also it leads to it sort of paralyzes you you stop trying to do things you stop thinking that change is possible you start accepting abuse or you start thinking you deserve the abuse and that that is what we're trying to avoid with ourselves and that's what we're trying to heal from our, our childhood. You know, um, there was a strong disciplinary type of dogma for, you know, hundreds of years. And uh, I think that just recently, really, we have learned what trauma really does to us most, uh, both psychologically and physically how it affects our health and it causes stress, all kinds of things that we don't really associate with how we feel about ourselves. <laughs> like not understanding that's what it is. So we need to have repair-oriented behaviors and because that's how guilt expresses itself. Now. Shame expresses itself, like I said, in escape, withdrawal, withdrawal, and we can't really do anything to make it better if we're doing that way. You know, we start to give up on life. So I'm gonna go over some steps that if you are in the position, as many people are. And I, I will say that one of the biggest issues as a parent is that um, mommy guilt, you know, 
but it's not actually mommy guilt. It's mommy shame <laughs> because the expectation of on placed on women on how to mother and what they can do as mothers is pretty unrealistic. You know, it's, we are good multitaskers, but the expectation for us to work a full-time job, to come home and cook dinner, to do the laundry, to put it away, to do, do a lot of the stuff and be happy, jovial mothers and fathers is really, really a crazy expectation. We are absolutely all human and we're not going to, we're going to have good days and we're going to have bad days. But that expectation is so perpetuated in society right now. It's like commercials, everything. You have these ideas of what a family unit is supposed to look like. And when you don't hit that, when you don't get to that place, you feel like a failure. And you feel like you feel shameful that you're, you're something wrong with you. So that's usually, it's, it's not the truth. You, you, you can only do what you can do. So we need, to, we need to address that. We need to understand that the social norms set in front of us are deeply flawed. So now I'm gonna go over some things that we can do to help us cope with feelings of guilt. And um, these are something that you can do with your kids too. And some are gonna be easier than others, but I, I wanna go through, through this list a bit. The first thing that we must do, like we should do with every emotion, is that we should face the feeling. Uh, you release feelings by facing them, by talking about them, by sharing them, by confessing them, and getting honest with yourself. If you don't, you are in a place of avoidance and therefore you can't fix it. Learn to forgive yourself. Don't judge yourself too harshly. You know, I like to write down, I did this, but I'm really good at this. You can't have a fixed mindset. It's really important that you have a growth mindset. You know, really dig into the origins of your guilt. Is there a reason you feel guilty? Um, is it rational? Is it reasonable? You know, if you have an, an inappropriate or rational guilt, it's a feeling in relation to something that in reality that, that you really have nothing or little to do with. You know, I know people who are constantly saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I asked them, I said, well, why are you apologizing? You didn't really do anything wrong. Oh, it's just a habit. And I, I wonder where that habit came from because uh, did they grow up feeling like an apology was going to fix everything or just feeling guilty all the time? I, I just wonder about that. And then change the related behavior. That to me, it seems like it would be, duh, <laughs> you know, stop doing the things that trigger your guilt and remorse. It, it's simple, but if you don't do something, you know, if you keep doing something that is causing you to feel guilty, uh, you will no longer feel reason to be guilty about it. It's like, 
you know, I've had this discussion before in the past when I have an agreement with someone and they keep breaking the agreement and I get triggered, I feel upset about it, and then they keep doing it instead of just changing the behavior. <laughs> just stop doing the thing, okay? So um, you wanna clarify new values for yourself. Take realistic actions in the present instead of dwelling on what happened in the past. You know, you if something happened in the past, you can't keep going back there, you have to, you have to think about what you're going to do different in that moment so that it doesn't happen again. And if you consider yourself a forgetful person, then you're going to have to create tools around reminding you not to do that thing to that person all the time. Or again, a really interesting one. And, and I know that this is, sounds a little off maybe if somebody's done something to you, but you have to practice forgiving others, helping others, doing good for others. Learning to use empathy actually helps you to learn to forgive yourself. When I teach my classes, I say certain things and I constantly use the quote, when I remind you, I remind myself. So if I forgive you, I can forgive myself. And then make sure you apologize or you seek peace. An apology, a sincere apology can go a long way. And if you actually show, show some real remorse for the hurt or the conflict or the disagreement, then, you know, you can save the relationship. You can save the friendship. You can, you know, you know, make sure that the time is right. You don't want to do that when somebody's in Hulk mode. You're triggered as well. Um, because even when you do something wrong, you know it's wrong. If you're triggered or if you're in Hulk mode, you really have a hard time apologizing anyway. So you might as well just calm down first and make sure the other party isn't calmed down as well. And then the most important thing, one of the most important things, just let it go. Once you've apologized, you have to let it go to a certain point. You know, at some point you're going to have to let it go. Um, if you don't, you end up slipping into the shame. I'm a bad person. I can't do this. But And if somebody is bringing up the past, even if in a current disagreement, then they need to let it go. They need to learn how to stay present in the situation because everybody needs an opportunity to be forgiven. Everybody changes. And I would say like realistically, every 10 years from childhood and up, we're, we're changing, we're evolving for the rest of our lives and, and we're not fixed, we're not fixed. So, and then you asked a question, um, was there a legitimate cause for the past actions that was beyond your control at the time? Perhaps you, you were experiencing untreated mental illness. I, I will say for me, I struggle with PMDD, which is something, it's called premenstrual um, dysmorphia. And it, basically it's a hormonal issue and it's an issue a lot of women have dealt with and are dealing with. So I am with you sisters, if you're out there and you struggle with this. And I I used certain tools now that are really helpful. And for a while, I um, even 
tried an antidepressant because I didn't like who I became during that time of the month. But I had to forgive myself because sometimes that's something that is out of my control. And if people you know, or if you are a person dealing with mental issues, and I'm so happy that nowadays we're having honest and open and vulnerable discussions about that because to be vulnerable is to be brave. There's no weakness around that. If you can open up and say, I struggle with mental illness or mental health issues. And that is a really positive thing because you're facing your reality and then you're able to take the steps. And then you're able to have empathy for yourself and others. And then you avoid shame. And the amount of people who struggle with um, mental illness that go into shame is unbelievable. And and even though I'm not a, a licensed practitioner for psychology, I am a CBD, CBT, sorry, <laughs> coach and a certified coach and a certified family trauma professional. I have a lot of um, study and background and I work with people around this quite a bit. And that forgiveness piece when you are out of your control, out of control at that time, is really important because it starts helping you regulate yourself. You know, you start to, whew, have that self-awareness around your emotions, and then you have the empathy for yourself. Those are some things that you can do when you're in, in, in the guilt part. Now, as far as kind of realizing whether you're in shame mode or not, that's a little bit more difficult because one of the things about shame is that you believe that you're flawed and you're unworthy and you're not good enough. And it often kind of... Uh, involves forgetting or disregarding the fact that you are a human being <laughs> and that you make mistakes and you are not alone as a person that makes mistakes, you know? If you grew up in a blaming household, meaning you lived with somebody who could not, uh, did not have awareness of their own emotions, could not self-regulate, said that you were the problem and you know, you're going to have some shame instilled within you because you don't feel like you can do anything right. I think everybody's inner child has experienced that. And if you haven't, you were one of the lucky few that dodged the bullet of blaming. And I know, you know, uh, Brene Brown has a really funny video on YouTube where she talks about blame and how, like, she's a blamer. <laughs> And I love how she owned that. And, and I love how she, she explained that, what her steps are. She still, you know, we all slip into it, especially when, for me, my biggest trigger about, around it is that when I've asked a million times the same thing, I lose my cool about it. And then I say, well, you made me mad because I had to do this and that, but you know, the truth is, is that nobody can make you anything, but we do have emotions. And so there's some untruths that we tell ourselves that can perpetuate like really negative feelings about ourselves. And one of them is like, uh, some of them are, uh, must get everybody's approval. You do not have to have everybody's approval. 
especially if you are loving yourself, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I must be perfect. Mistakes are bad. We already know that mistakes are human. I'm making them right now as I'm recording this video. <laughs> if I don't look like, or I'm not like this and that, I'm not a valuable person. Uh, social media, Instagram, girls with perfect bodies and faces or what we, we have been told by society is perfect. You know, it changes, it has changed over centuries. Once the beautiful woman was full of round, round curves and, and everything else. And then somebody made the decision not to make that cool. And it's magazines and fashion lines and all that stuff. But we have to get those, that programming out of us. Then some weird idea that everybody sees your flaws. That's kind of paranoia. You're, you know, you're afraid that you're gonna be found out. And, but if you like yourself, you don't care if you're found out. It is what it is. I'm not worthy of forgiveness, which is really weird because that really, you know, that's you not having empathy for yourself when you feel like you do not have the, um, you're not worthy of anything. So, you know, you want to just start having more rational thoughts. And if you ha are having irrational thoughts, I want you to write them down in a journal. And then underneath, that line, you know, whatever belief, whatever negative belief you have about yourself, I want you to write it on a line. Let's say you do five of them. You know, if there's more, write more, but keep a space open underneath. And then underneath that line, I want you to write the truth. There's a lie and there's just truth. And we tell ourselves lies all the time. And once we, we tell us the truth about the negative thought, then we can move past it and we can reprogram ourselves to see the reality. And you know, ask yourself, how do you use guilt with others to try to get what you need, one? I mean, kids are manipulative. Hmm? My child tries to pull that. Well, if you didn't do this, then I would be like this. I'm like you, you know? And I go, oh boy, <laughs> yeah. We learn manipulation very young, but we can also change that. What is a way that you feel guilt or shame in regards to substance use? Are you, do you drink too much? Are you, have you had substance abuse in the past? Talk, write it down, talk about it. And then you can just ask yourself a few questions around shame and guilt. I like this exercise because it makes you, any type of exercise that where you're asking these questions to yourself and, and you're writing them down and you're journaling them um, is deeply healing to your psyche. It's like, like confronting and confessing. The truth is I even do this podcast with that kind of in mind. Um, this is something that's extremely healing for me being as vulnerable as I am when I'm talking about um, my life and the things that I've gone through. Y'all, you guys are out there helping me heal. It's great because um, even though I'm on this journey and my purpose is to help and heal other people, it's still a journey for me because I'm not walking in perfection and I'm learning how to be a better person every single day um, and how to be an EQ-based parent and what's worked for me and what hasn't worked for me. And so thank you. I really appreciate you guys all for listening and supporting me in that process. 
So um, I like this question that you should ask yourself is who you most want forgiveness from today and why? That's a really deep question because it actually gives you the opportunity to confront what you feel bad about and, um, and takes you on the, the process of forgiving yourself around it. But it also recognizes what you have done. Do you ever feel guilty when you're not doing what you're supposed to do? <laughs> Are those feelings, you feel guilty about that? Because if you don't, man, we got to do a different, different episode on something else. <laughs> Um, are you having a hard time forgiving somebody? Hmm? Are you having a hard time forgiving yourself? What are some negative messages did your parents say to you when you were growing up? This is the inner child one. What happened? What did they say? And what are, what are the negative messages that you sometimes say to yourself? when you feel bad. And that's about that list I just told you about. Do that list. But there's three things I want you to always end on a positive note about. Um, what is one thing that you have done to change your life for the better? Because we all have great things that we've done. It's just we minimize them because we're told to minimize our accomplishment. But even the smallest thing that you did today that was good, that made your life better. Maybe just clean the toilet, you know? Maybe you were behind on that and, or anything that just made you feel better, write that down. And write down what you've done to help somebody else in need or what you would like to do. What are you grateful for? Always end on gratitude. Always go to gratitude because it actually rewires your brain. It's like scientifically proven gratitude and changes your mind. And Buddhists knew that that was the step towards compassion and empathy. And last week I did episode on empathy, the three types. So if you didn't hear that, go back and listen to that. If you want to understand what that means, compassionate empathy, because it is different than other types. So that's all I'm going to talk about today, and I'm so grateful that you joined me. If you want more information, go to thisreallifebooks.com. If you would like some coaching, there's a coaching tab there. There's also my line of children's books that teach emotional intelligence and go through that process with some great questions on the in the back of my books to explore the characters, to get into discussions with your kids around emotions. Also, I have a really cool clothing line for kids called Gentle Reminders. It's actually for us to remind us how to be conscious parents and EQ based, but they look really cool too. My son gets lots of compliments on his. And um, yeah, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you um, being with me on this journey called life. I'm full of gratitude and see you next time. Have a blessed day.